HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. My name is Samantha Garner, and I'm from Boston, Massachusetts. I'm a Cheeselandian because I take cheese seriously, just like they do in Wisconsin. Go to Cheeselandia.com to learn more, and if it's for you, sign up. In some ways, the start of the pandemic really reminded me of the first few months with our newborn. You barely leave the house, you feel super anxious and tired, and then at 1 p.m. you realize you haven't showered or changed out of your sweatpants. Preparing your mind, body, and business for a newborn is challenging enough. Just imagine adding in fighting for your restaurant survival during a global pandemic. Our guests today are doing just that. We have Maiko, owner, and Emily, the chef at Zezu, the amazing Japanese comfort food restaurant here in NYC. They are both nine months pregnant, I think, at this point. Um, And we feel like we just don't talk enough about the challenges of being a working parent in the hospitality industry or any industry where you're an entrepreneur, um, and especially during this pandemic. In fact, Alex, my co-host and partner in Business and Life, is home today because our nanny called out sick today. So we're really excited to have you both on the show and can't wait to hear all about your journey. So welcome, Emily and Maiko. Thank you. Great intro. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's, you know, it's all true. It's like, this is crazy. And I just can't imagine being (laughs) nine months pregnant. So first and foremost, how are you both feeling physically, mentally, (laughs) the whole thing? Um, We're both ready to pop. (laughs) (laughs) I think my, after this crazy weekend, my like toes look like Vienna sausages. Uh uh Yeah. The swelling. Yeah. Yeah. The swelling is real. The swelling is real. Yeah. So tell us, Micah, why don't you start? Tell us what you you all have been up to, um, how things have been going for the last 10 months. Um, I feel like we've had like nine lives the past, um, (laughs) (laughs) this past year. Um, We, you know, we had to close the restaurant this past Sunday um, due to due to Cuomo's, um, you know, indoor dining closure um, mandate. So it'll be the second time that we're closing this year. Um, we did close when when there was a lockdown back in March, and um, you know, this year we. We have been doing all sorts of things to try to survive. Um, you know, we started off 
doing relief meals to healthcare workers. And we were doing an average of maybe 700 to 900 a week, um, partnering with Off Their Plate and um, Heart of Dinner and uh, uh, another group called Project Bento. And, um, and then slowly started incorporating takeout and delivery. Um, and then, you know, when the summer months hit, we opened for indoor, uh, for outdoor dining. And, uh, and then in October, when indoor dining opened, we opened for that as well. Um, but it's just been a crazy year of just, you know, rolling with the punches and, um, trying to adjust day by day. You essentially have to have like 10 different businesses, you know, you know, make a different business every (laughs) couple months. It's craziness. Yeah. So Emily was filling me in a little bit. I know. And I saw, you know, on Instagram um, that you guys decided to close the restaurant for the season. Um, so tell us, so for those of you who don't know, it's, um, and just to give some context, it's December 15th today and yesterday, um, was the last day of indoor dining in New York city. Um, only New York city for the state that Cuomo mandated, even though only 1.4% of cases have been linked to indoor dining. So, um, dining rooms are now officially closed in New York city for the foreseeable future. Um, so, so tell our listeners a little bit about like the decision to just decide to fully shut down for you all. Yeah. I mean, we have a teeny tiny restaurant on Bleecker street in NoHo. It's 700 square feet, including the kitchen space. And, you know, in normal times we would pack in about 50, you know, a little less than 55 people. Um, but, you know, during COVID, we, we've been able to accommodate up to 15 or so. Um, and the, those 15 seats are essential for us because, you know, it, we're also on this particular street. Um, there's a few streets in New York City that don't allow for permanent outdoor dining. And so we've been... You know, we we've had to basically set up um, seats outside and a tent outside every day, and then disassemble it every night um, to have additional seats outside. And yeah, it sucks. It's like especially now that the weather is turning and it you know it's getting colder. We just don't have the insulation to accommodate people comfortably outside. So indoor dining has been critical for us. Um, and, and now that we don't have it, we just, you know, it's just not worth it during the, during the winter to um, do just outdoor dining for us. I mean, I don't think people realize that too. It's like, so, so basically every time you guys wanted to have, have people outside, your, your staff basically had to set up and break it down like an outside dining room every single day. Yeah. I mean, it, and it's like, you know, heavy barricades, like the heaters, um, just making sure that everything's intact. But one of the key, one of the reasons that I also thought that we really should close is that just the other day, like a, a gust of wind blew and, 
knocked over our tent and literally like blew it, like blew it over 360 and almost um, shattered a window on the second floor of a building. God. And like, you know, crashed down the street. So it's, you know, it's not like a, it, it was like a safety issue too at that point. Um, yeah. Like you see all those, all the other restaurants in the city, like building houses outside and, you know, like <laughs> drilling into the roads. Um, but we aren't able to do that. So that was like, you know, the, it was a difficult decision, but we just, we just aren't able to, um, keep going right now. I'm so sorry to hear that. So if you, if Cuomo hadn't, you know, said indoor dining's closed and things were going to continue, do you think you would have stuck it out through the winter or what, you know, how much of this decision was sort of like tied to, to that ban? Oh, absolutely. I think, you know, all, all the staff really wanted to, to work. I mean, it's obviously it's their livelihood. Um, they don't have other other things going on. I mean, I, we have a lot of staff, like especially front of house, who are also actors, dancers, you know, singers, um, like musicians. But um, you know that the arts has also dried up in work. So so it's really it's really tough for them. And if yeah, if we if indoor dining had remained open, we would have totally stayed open for, you know, and and kept going. And Emily, as like as the chef, how have you had to like adopt you know what practices you were doing for like preparing for only fifteen instead of fifty five people, you know, coming in and changing your food for outside? Was that super challenging for you as well? Um, well, we've just like kind of, you know, we used to do kind of a, um, like a more casual, like, you know, slower service where, you know, you take your time, but we do realize that like, if you're sitting outside, you're probably, the food's going to get colder. So we just kind of like, um, you know, send out the main courses a little bit earlier and we kind of, um, make sure that it's still like, you know, super hot so that, you know, the guests still kind of have a you know, really hot food while, while they're sitting outside and the wind is still blowing and everything like that. So, <laughs> yeah. And then we've like, in wintertime, we always make um, like soups and like hot pots as well. So like, you know, we've just make sure that um, that's on the menu and, you know, our guests can kind of order that. And what I'm curious, so you're, you're shutting down for the winter and you, you're going to, what's the plan? Are you thinking of reopening dates? Are have you talked to your landlord? You know, are you getting, are, have they been flexible or do you, you know, do you have any insights about the future? Are you in this like day by day sort of scenario, like so many people are. Yeah. Um, I mean, thankfully our landlord has been very accommodating. We spoke to them very early on. I mean, when, you know, when the lo first lockdown hit, we spoke to them right away and had our rent adjusted um, starting in, in April. So that was amazing. Um, and we got like, you know, 50% reduction. And then uh, that was supposed to go, go on until the end of October because 
we were all assuming this would be, you know, kind of settling down by then, but it didn't. Um, and I spoke to them again in September and we negotiated another deal to reduce a little bit more. Um, and, and they also gave us a rent break for January, but we are still paying monthly rent, um, you know, and we'll see like that, that new, um, new, like a, a rent price will, will be effective through March. And we said we would speak again. So all in all, I mean, we're, we're very thankful. We have landlords that we can speak to and, you know, and kind of be real with, and they have been pretty accommodating, but, um, but yeah, I don't know how long this can go on for. Yeah. I mean, their businesses too. I saw a sign on Orchard Street the other day for, for like a pizza place that closed and it was like, some landlords are cool. Ours was not. I'm like, I mean, oh. I know. I was like, oh, I thought my heart was like breaking. It's like, and it's true. It's like, you know, people's restaurants are living and dying by what their landlords are willing to help out with. But they're yeah. also like the landlords, some of them are small businesses too, in a sense that they only own a few buildings and it's their livelihood. So it's, it's just like, it's a fucking shit show. I mean, from, from it is. At, at some point, the, the landlord's friend, who's like, I think part of the, part of some small business association called me and was like, you know, have, have some sympathy for your landlord. She needs to pay her, you know, what, whatever mortgage and, like real estate taxes too. And I'm like, well, I mean, we're all in the same boat. Right. <laughs> you calling me to help her is not going to do anything because I need help myself. So, you know, it's, it, it's, yeah, it's a mess. Yeah. And we've heard like horror stories of like other restaurants who've um, had to close down because their landlord was not like, you know, lenient at all. And like, we definitely feel for them and like, you know, without, without the leniency of our, like of the landlord, I don't think we would have been able to survive at all. Yeah. I mean, I, I hear you. It's, it's a story we're hearing so much. And you guys also have a space at the timeout market and Dumbo. So tell us what's going on there. Yeah. I'm actually, um, here in Dumbo today. Um, we're actually, uh, closing down here as well. The market decided to close for the winter. So all of the vendors here need to be out by this Friday. So what is that? So you guys are moving out for the winter. Does that, is your space still secured? Should they like reopen and when it reopens, you know, in the spring, hopefully, how does, how does that deal work? So we still, you know, we um, are invited back when, when they reopen um, you know, Dumbo is just very weather dependent. Once it's like below 55 degrees, it's really hard for it to get people out here. Um, and then coupled with like, just, there used to be a ton of offices. Now they're all empty. Um, so and the tourists too in Dumbo. Oh yeah. And like, there's no tourism. So right. it's just been so many factors has that location suffered a lot with all of this yeah I, it's been it's been pretty tough but i mean the summer was actually you know better than expected a lot of locals came out to support but you know, right now we're we're at like 
quarter capacity. So it's like, you know, there used to be 21 vendors here. Now there's like seven. Right. Um, and yeah, it's, it's just not definitely not the same vibe as it was the first year. It's just been, you know, pretty quiet in comparison just because it was, you know, like the market is such a tourist driven Mm -hmm. and um, like a destination spot in Dumbo. I mean, I can't get over any given, we were in Dumbo. We went to, we did a photo shoot with Odd Velos a couple weeks ago and I just couldn't get over. There's like that one, the like Instagram money shot that everybody gets. And it's always like so crowded, even at like 8am and there was literally nobody there. And it was in the middle of the day on like a Friday afternoon. I was like, this is just crazy. It just, you can really, I like, I really felt the pandemic in Dumbo. I feel like, um, right. So all, so you're like planning all of these things for your businesses. And meanwhile, you both are expecting your first babies. Tell (laughs) tell us the dates. Give us, give us the good dates. So I'm due on New Year's Day. Oh, wow. And then um, I'm due uh, like 12 days later on January 12th. So... I mean, it could be any time, really. You guys are in the zone. Like, this is the zone of this is the the zone of possibilities right here. Um, so, how you know, I, I like I started the show saying like I don't feel like we talk enough a lot of the times about being you know being entrepreneurs and business people and running restaurants and being chefs and also having a family. So, tell us a little bit about how you've been preparing yourselves and your team for this new team member that's coming? (laughs) Um, I mean, we, so we found out we were pregnant in April. Um, So the pandemic had already started. And initially we were like totally freaking out. We could not fathom, you know, the restaurant continuing with us both pregnant and then potentially being away for, you know, a a while. Um, Well, I think also at that point, we only had, um, like, we didn't have any staff because we were, when we found out we were pregnant, we were just doing, like, the relief meal. And uh, it was, like, pretty scary because it was just literally me and Michael and, like, you know, our dishwasher. So (laughs) that was that was kind of a shock and um, we're like, we don't have any staff right now. <laughs> so, and the future was like so uncertain during that time. So I think that was like definitely a little bit of a blow of <laughs> crazy. <laughs> Shocked right. the system. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, eventually we, we hired back, you know, some of our staff. We, in normal times, we have about 25 employees, and right now we have about 15. Um, and we really wanted one of our key employees from Bleecker to come back, um, Tyler, who is, you know, who has been with us for a while, and he left to left New York and went back home to Virginia. Um, and he just came back in September. So, you know, he was like a key member to making us feel a little a little bit um, more comfortable about, you know, 
us being away. Emily will be on like a full maternity leave for three months, but I, I'm probably going to be still working on in some capacity, but um, maybe being away for about a month. And well, and now, you know, with the closure, um, you know, it'll give me, it'll give me a little more time to, to uh, devote to home. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I mean, it's, you know, in some ways the timing worked out, you know, and in that sense, I mean, it never really works out to have your restaurant forcibly closed by the government, but you know, it, you know, in some senses, the January timing, um, you know, gives you some reprieve there, but, um, right. but it, so you're, what, so what else are like the other revenue streams that you're exploring at the moment since both physical locations basically can't operate? Will you continue to do relief meals? Are there pantry items? What's, what's the um, plan I mean, we are, so right now we are, we are closing down timeout market. We will have a lot of, um, you know, like our walk-in is still pretty full right. and we, we went through this back in March, you know, as well, but um, we will be back in March. We started uh, Besso Pantry online on our website and, and it was, you know, fairly successful um, and along with the relief meals. And I think that we, um, you know, we've been continuing to do the Besso Pantry throughout this pandemic, but I think we'll kind of, um, you know, kind of strengthen that, that area a little more and, um, go back to doing some delivery and takeout eventually. But for the next week or so, um, we're going to focus on holiday meal kits and just trying to, you know, close out the year with, with, you know, maybe some, special packages and, and stuff like that for the holidays. Um, but otherwise we're going to take a break for any service like takeout or otherwise, um, for the month of January. And then we'll probably return to doing takeout and delivery in February. Um, we do still do relief meals with heart of dinner and, you know, the, the founders, Moonlin and Yin, have been amazing. Um, we've continued to do that throughout, like, uh, this most of this year, um, even as we were doing outdoor dining and indoor dining. Um, and so, yeah, we're probably going to, to continue doing that um, in January as well. So you guys are going to birth holiday meal kits. Just one last shot. One last thing to do before you actually give birth. I love that. Um, I, this is like the thing that's so amazing about the hospitality industry. It's like you're always tinkering until the last minute. Um, and it's, it's just <laughs> incredible. Um, and, and, and yeah, it's like always one more thing to check off the box. I don't know. I mean, I was like in the office the day I gave birth to both of my kids because I just like, you know, can't sit at home. It, make, it, make, it makes me crazy. But so I get it. Fully, I get it. Um, And what about for you, Emily? Like training people in the kitchen, and you know, how has has that process been of like thinking and setting up systems in this uncertain time when you, you know, might aren't going to be back to work for a little while? Um, I mean, like I've always, I always tell them that you know I'm available. You know, if they can like text me or if they have any questions. 
Um, I think it's really hard because, like, you know, they've never, like, our staff have never, like, reopened, um, you know, like, a restaurant on their own or anything like that. So it's going to be tough, but you can, like, you know, we try to prepare them as much as possible and, you know, um, but it's just, they're just going to have to, like, think a little bit more (laughs) on their own. (laughs) And... (laughs) um, and like yeah rely on their own decisions and like but yeah i mean like our staff are great they're like pretty self-sufficient and um you know we're just gonna have to like pray and um yeah and we're always gonna be available if they need to like talk to us and might not be physically there right but um over the over the last couple of months i think that you know the Emily has been taking a step back a little more, like not being on the line as much, not being, you know, as hands-on. Um, and, and that has really helped the staff to, to kind of, you know, step, step it up a little bit and really try to envision um, taking care of the place without, without, the two mama birds there all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've been like saying things, mentally preparing them. We're not going to be here. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, physically, I just, I can't do that many um, hours on my feet anymore as well. So it's just like, it's just like less and less like progressively that, you know, I've just not been on the line with them. Um, so that they've just kind of like prepared for me not being there. Yeah, we just have to believe in them. Still, people always step up. I mean, that's the other thing. Like we've learned too is like you know have faith in how you've trained people, and they'll they'll step up. I don't. Yeah, it's not easy letting go. <laughs> it's not. I know it's so true. That's the hardest part is letting go, for sure. This episode is brought to you by Wisconsin Cheese. My name is Samantha Garner and I'm from Boston, Massachusetts. I'm a Cheeselandian because I take cheese seriously just like they do in Wisconsin. Cheeselandia is a community for loud and proud cheese lovers brought to life by Wisconsin Cheese. I know that I can always cook amazing food with their cheese and it's even good enough just to snack on. As a Cheeselandia member, I know there is always a supportive community behind me who always gets as excited as I do about cheese. Go to Cheeselandia.com to learn more, and if it's for you, sign up. Check us out on Instagram at Cheeselandia. This episode is supported by Nourish and Flourish. Nourish and Flourish features behind-the-scenes stories about artisans, producers, farmers, growers, and other makers in America, along with delicious and wholesome recipes. The latest issue of Nourish and Flourish is a special artisanal gift guide showcasing some of America's finest products, including everything from the farm and garden to eco-friendly home goods, kitchen and cooking essentials, bath and body, original art, blown glass, seasonal recipes, and so much more. Shop online to support local and buy local. Together, we can make a difference. Learn more at nourishandflourish.site. Okay, we like to do a little lightning round game. So these are meant to be like one word sort of like off the top of your head, um, you know, quick answers. So um, we'll just start them out. Why don't this one, Michael, why don't you take this one? What's one key thing that has helped keep your business moving throughout the pandemic? 
like laughter sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like if we don't laugh, we would cry kind of thing. I I feel you on that. Yeah. One. Well, I think I feel like you know most days of like <laughs> like holding back tears is like something else happens and changes, but you definitely need to just keep spirits up and laugh about this because it's like uh, we're in a, such an absurd situation. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like impossible. Talk about the more absurdity. It's like supposed to snow here in New York on Wednesday. So they're like, did you see that news alert? I was like, my phone was just buzzing with like indoor dining or outdoor dining has to shut down at 2 p.m. on Wednesday because of an impending 10 to 14 inches. It's like, come on. I know. Yeah, I'm like, could it get any, like, could there be anything else that happens in the next week, you know, the restaurants? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just like, come on now. Um, Emily, what about any pregnancy cravings? Um, This is like really bad. But in my second trimester, I ate a lot of fast foods that I don't normally <laughs> eat. I tried Popeyes for the first time. It's so good. Popeyes is so good. I'm sorry, but it is. <laughs> Um, I had a lot of McDonald's, not going to lie, and a couple Wendy's chicken sandwiches and stuff. So that's been a surprise. Like, I don't like fast food, but I've been wanting, um, yeah, like fast food. (laughs) Has your palate changed at all? Do you feel like, like, do you feel like there's things that you, like, you find yourself cooking a little bit differently or no? Not really. I don't think I've had a lot of, like, yeah, like, palate changes. I don't know. I mean, we, I've also... Like in the first trimester, I would, you know, avoid certain things. And then after that, I'm like, I can't, like, you know, all the things that you're not supposed to eat. Me and Micah would just be like, we're ta- we would be like talking about it. And then we just could, we just couldn't help. And we just like started eating salami, oh, salmon. Yeah. <laughs> and then we would just be yeah. like sending each other stuff that we ate. We're like, okay, well, if she had that. I'm going to eat that. So we're like sushi, everything. Oh, so, I ate all the raw yeah. fish. Yeah. I was like dreaming about turkey sandwiches for some reason for like most of my first trimester. And, you know, you're not allowed to eat deli meats. And I was like, finally, like, you know what? This is ridiculous. I need to go get my regular turkey Swiss on a roll from the Sixth Street Deli. And I like drove over just to get it. And like, it, yeah, it's, it's, uh, the cravings are, are definitely real. Yeah, but just going down I this rabbit like, hole. <laughs> I know. Is but like more than palate changes, like you get this for me at least, I've had like a really acute sense of smell. Um so I was telling Emily the other day that like everything smells like ketchup. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like ketchup or no? I mean that could be a good or a bad thing, depending. I mean, I love ketchup, but it's weird to be smelling it in the air, like like how ma- there was like maple syrup wafting smell a few years ago. Uh-huh. I remember in New York, like uh, like a lot of things smell like ketchup to me these days. And it's <laughs> very strange. Oh my god, that means you're like towards the end. You need to like it's, it's coming. <laughs> the end is near. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So like, there's this. But actually, I interviewed her for another podcast on um, Heritage Radio. But Emily Oster, get her book. It's called Expecting Better, and she debunks a lot of yeah. the like pregnancy food myths. And I basically like I ate all I ate all the things. I was like eating oysters and sushi, and she was that. Her book is what convinced me to mm-hmm. eat the turkey sandwich because I think there's a chapter titled like 
you can eat your turkey sandwich. Yeah, or something like exactly. <laughs> She's basically like there was like a listeria case 30 years ago in deli turkey, but you can essentially get listeria from anything. So it's like, who the hell knows? So yeah, um, same. I was like, thank you for giving me a, like for making me feel like I can understand data. Good. Well, I'm glad you got your turkey sandwich in. Um, all right. So here's another fun one. Street patios. Are they buildings or are they patios? What are your takes there? I mean, I think they're buildings. <laughs> <laughs> they are like full on houses. I mean, yeah. We're very envious. I know. <laughs> yeah. I know. I mean, it's true. Like it's people like it's, it's tough. Cause it's like people just got lucky with if you're happen to be on orchard street and they closed all of orchard or if you're on bleaker and you can't have permanent outside seating, that just sucks. Um, it's such like a look of the yeah. draw, but yeah, they're fully buildings. Like, I'm sorry. They just are. And they have, yeah, but you know, people are doing whatever we got to do right now. Um, right. what's your, yeah, I don't blame them. Yeah, I don't blame them at all either. All right, last one. What's your best piece of business advice for, for people as they're approaching the winter? For other business owners? Yeah, for other chefs, restaurateurs, and business owners. Um, like, best of luck. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, don't, I mean, <laughs> I would say... Um, I mean, honestly, one of the only things we could do as business owners right now is to hound your, you know, like lo local and federal government representatives to to get us more aid. I mean, that that's like really the only thing I can think of at this point to help us get through um many more months of this. I mean, just, just the other day I heard, um, you know, Dr. Fauci saying that it'll be another year before we can take off masks. You know, it's like, if we have to do another year of this, the government definitely needs to step up and pass another um, relief bill or, or just a restaurant act or something, um, or else we're going to see a lot more restaurants closing. That was actually in my show notes. So I actually, I have the, the phone number handy for anybody who's so inclined and listening is please call your representatives. This capital switchboard is 202-224-3121. You can also go to saverestaurants.com to sign up for their letter asking for relief. And it's like a form letter based on your zip code. It sends it directly to your representatives. Um, I've done it every single day for the past, I don't know, month. Um so yeah, I I hear you. It's like make your voice heard, let your representatives know that we need relief, and because um, people aren't going to make it, it's true. Not right. to be, or at least like sign the petition. Like there's the INDP website. I mean, just yeah, I, I think every every signature, every call counts. So I hope um, I hope people people you know, feel the need to support restaurants right now and, and do their part in helping. Yeah, for sure. What about, what are you hopeful for either for the new life you're bringing or just for restaurants for the next year? Any, any bright spots? Yeah, we're, we're excited. But, um, I mean, yeah, I think we're pretty lucky. We're going to still be around. Um, 
but yeah, I think we're pretty hopeful and like, you know, it's going to be exciting to like reopen and hopefully, you know, um, everything, the vaccine and everything will make everyone feel better and, you know, we'll be busy and booming again. Eventually. Yeah. I mean, but having a baby during this time has definitely been like a little, a little light and, you know, glimmer of hope and in these dark times. So no, I'm, I'm very grateful that we have that to look forward to. And, and yeah, um, you know, becoming a mom is like, I don't, you know, Emily and I are often referred to as moms at, at the restaurant by our staff. Um, and so we have a little bit of experience being <laughs> moms to people, but um, this will be very special. So we're, yeah. You have somebody to share it with. You have built-in best friends and this, these babies made it through this. They're going to they're gonna be fine. They're going to make it through anything, I feel like. <laughs> it's been really fun sharing that experience with Michael, so. I know. Yeah. I feel like they're going to be I mean, like- it's, it's been such a weird year where, like, usually when you're pregnant, you're surrounded by friends mm-hmm. and family. And it's, like, a reason to gather and celebrate. And it's been a year of like so much isolation. And so it's so, it's been so weird, but to have Emily there going through the same thing as me has been, you know, uh, like a lifesaver in so many ways. Amazing. Well, enjoy every minute of it. And, you know, um, I wish the best for, for both of you. And I'm so excited. I'm just so excited for you. It's like, it is such a, it's such like a special, special, special time. So I'm glad that there is that glimmer of bright spot in your, in the next few weeks for you both. It really is like just amazing. So, you know, there's nothing more special than bringing a baby into the world. So congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Um, we always try to shout out any friends or colleagues that maybe have recently reopened or have changed their businesses or, um, or open or recently opened either in New York City or beyond. Any anybody come to mind for you guys? Um, I know we have a I have a friend who opened up Kamika. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Japanese place. Um, so um. Her pastries are, I know the pastry chef, her name is Clarice, and she's amazing. So the more restaurants, the better right now <laughs> of opening. And they they look like they're doing amazing. So Yeah. I mean, we also have a friend who just became a new mom, um, Simone Tong. She oh, was, Simone had a baby. Yeah. yeah. She did. She just became a new mom during the pandemic, and she also had to close two of her restaurants, um, but opened a new one. Silver um, Apricot, right? Just opened. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, I I think she's very brave to be opening a new restaurant during this. Yeah. Time, but um, and a new and being a new mom. So. Yeah, while being a mom, so yeah, I would definitely tell people to go support. Yes, for sure. Um, and Little Tong was like one of my favorite spots. I was really sad to see that. That close. Um, she's awesome. Yeah, oh, amazing. Um, well, our fr- so we had Francie. I just wanted to shout out Francie. They were on the show earlier this year. They were supposed to have opened in June. They finally opened on December fourth, only to have to shut down on December fourteenth. So my heart goes out to them. But they got open for seven days. Um, 
which was exciting to see. Um, we talked about this, but yes, definitely call Congress. Um, check out the Independent Restaurant Coalition's website. It's saverestaurants.com. And there you can um, fill out the letter to your representatives to advocate for relief for independent restaurants because time is running out and you know you need it. Um, special thanks again to you both and huge congrats. Uh, we'll post a wrap up of today's show on our website at tilletnyc.com. Um, we'll also send an email about it. So please sign up for the list. Can you both let everybody know where they can follow you on Instagram um, and the restaurant as well? Yeah. Um, the restaurant Instagram is BESSOUNYC. B-E-S-S-O-U-N-Y-C. Amazing. Well, I can't wait to hear about when we have news about babies. Um, take care of yourself. And again, congrats. And um, we'll speak soon. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Opening soon is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter, enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org, and connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You could also find us at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the heart at the top right of our homepage. And thanks for listening. <laughs>